The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome, 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 welcome into the Overreaction Sports Podcast. Oh, we're going to call this the Over... You know, Bruce Nolan said to me, um, I don't remember when it was, was a couple months ago, when I basically had said, you know what? I think that I'm going to do something different. I think I'm going to... Uh, I think I'm going to record the Overreaction Podcast live on YouTube and then just drop it as a pod. And I'm going to have everybody in with me because basically when I would record my shows, I, would, I wouldn't I would edit. And if I did, it was very usually something very rare, not anything major. And Bruce said to me, well, if you're going to go live, you should change the name of the title to the Overreaction Show. And I think I'm there. I think, I think I'm there. So I've got to change like my notes and stuff like that, like my pieces of paper and all my like script stuff. So that it doesn't say podcast anymore because this is kind of like a show. And if this is a show and I've got people tuning into this show, then I probably need to do it the right, you know, do right by it as far as the way that I'm just kind of talking about it and naming it and yada, yada, yada. And oh, by the way, this is where you want to be post game on Sundays. When the bill's finished nine o'clock on Sundays, you want to be right here on the overreaction show with that. I'm going to do it right now. Welcome. All that to say this. (laughs) Welcome to the overreaction uh, the overreaction show. It's already weird for me. Brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings uh, multicast network. I'm your host, the voice of the overreaction show. My name is Joe Miller and kind of the face now, too. I'm the face of the overreaction show. And you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And real quick, who is the market dominator? The market dominator is my friend, John Spazcheck. John Spazcheck is a real estate broker with Keller Williams. And uh, John helped me get into my home. So John is a, tra- a life transition specialist is what he calls it. And uh, John, one of the very rare things in, in New York State is early occupancy. And John legit uh, got me, got Beth and I, my wife and I and my family into our home early to get us in time for school to start, which is pretty much where we're bumping up against now. So I would tell you this, if you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to sell a house, you want to go to the team that's the best. The best team that I know of in Buffalo is John Spazcheck and his team, the Market Dominator team. You can, you can reach John Spazcheck via his cell phone. He does answer his phone when you call. 716-570-3298. That number again, 716-570-3298. 
You can also reach him on his email, youreliebroker at gmail.com. He is also Bill's Mafia. You can find him on Twitter at youreliebroker. However, just call him. But uh, regardless of all of that, welcome into the show. The homework, I don't know what the, what the, the, the work is done. Uh, it's just It's just me and you. Those of you watching, those of you listening on Monday and Tuesday, uh, super good to have you. Super, I'm always thankful. I'm always just proud. It warms my heart to know that people uh, want to listen. I was in the group chat with 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 uh, Jay Spencer King and, and Bruce again. We have a little group chat that we we chat around in, and I was like, it's unfathomable that people literally want to listen to anything that I have to say about anything. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Chris Jenke says that his nickname in college was the market dominator. I don't think that's true. Uh, if it is true, that's the most amazing thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. But uh, uh, it is unfathomable. So I would say this, whether this podcast, you hear me say it all the time, whether this show, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee on the drive to work at the gym with your AirPods in like Matt Perino on the New York Up show or live with me right now on YouTube, let me just say one more time, welcome. It is super awesome to have you guys in here. Uh, please do me a favor. Uh, if you are listening right now or if you're watching me right now live, like this show. So click the thumbs up button on whatever platform you're watching, Facebook, YouTube, especially YouTube, uh, Twitter as well. And please do me a favor, especially on YouTube. If you have not yet jumped over to YouTube and subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel, please do. And then also uh, click on the uh, the alerts button so you know when we're going li going live because we have a ton of really really awesome content coming to you this fall for the NFL football season. I'll get to that later at the end of the show. We are also now super chat live. Super chat live is where we're at. Sorry, I forgot didn't realize I left that up there. We are super chat live which basically means that uh this is a this is a podcast form of a show. If you want to get my attention, if you're looking to to ask me a question, if you if you have a comment that goes with what I'm saying, do me a favor, send me a super chat. I know that sounds weird. I don't necessarily like it. It's just hard for me to do this and pay attention to the comment section at the same time because of just the notes and the way that I outline my notes. So if you want my attention, super chat me. I'll see it. I'll get it up there, uh, and we'll uh, discuss whatever it is your comment or question is about. We just uh, got through on Friday uh, the Buffalo Bills' very first preseason game, as you are all aware of. The next one is uh, at the Bears, August 21st, which is going to be kind of a weird football game for Mitch Trubisky. My guess is we're going to see a lot of Mitch in that football game as well. It is a rare Saturday 1 p.m. game, and then the Bills uh, actually play the, the, the Packers at home at 1 p.m. as well on a Saturday. I've got two sets of tickets to still give away. I've got to figure out some sort of a game around that to give those away. Uh, I may also have my seats to give away. I've got, uh, 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 whatchamacallit, I've, I'm committed that morning. I don't know how long it's going to go. There's a very, very good chance I'm not going to go to that football game. If it looks like I'm not going to be able to go to the, that football game, I literally am going to give away my seats to that preseason game, my season tickets. Uh, so one of you lucky people on Twitter in this comment section or listening to me in podcast form is going to get to say, sit in my season tickets uh, for that uh, that Packers and Bills football game. So, yeah, that should be fun. Uh, real quick as well, the week of the home opener, I say this every week because I'm trying to prime the pump. I want to get you guys out and about. The week of the home opener, home opener is going to be incredible. 
Uh, we've got uh, the Soho Party co uh, with Cold Front Report, the Skate Party with Jay Spence the King, the Bills Mafia Babes, and Poncho's, Poncho's Army for charity uh, at Frank Young Sport Arena. It's 15 bucks. All that's going to charity from 4 to 7. And then Jay Spence the King, myself, and Pat Moran might be trying to work out a get-together for that Thursday night for uh, Thursday Night Football, where basically we would just get together uh, and watch that football game together. So, yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff going on uh just around this time football is back and it's absolutely incredible it feels great uh the bills uh made the cutdown dates i'm going to move right into some content for you the 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 cutdown dates for the nfl 817 uh which is 2 days from the time that this uh, show has been recorded the, the the buffalo bills the nfl has to cut down to 85 players uh 824 they have to cut down to 80 players 831 august 31st they have to cut down to 53 the final 53 man roster and what's interesting about that is that the Buffalo Bills actually made their cuts ahead of schedule. They made them on the 15th. They cut three offensive linemen. Three of them. But not the one you were looking for. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea why Bobby Hart is still on this football team. And I'm I'm going to be honest with you just for a second. It makes me a little nervous knowing that this football franchise rostered Vlad Dukas as long as they did. And then they rostered Brian Winters last year and actually started him, I think, nine times. Nine times. It's like <laughs> Ferris Bueller. He's been absent nine times. Nine times? Nine. You started Brian Winters nine times? Nine times. Nine times. Nine times we started Brian Winters on the offensive line. Bobby Hart, this dude, I don't know. This dude's going to get somebody hurt. I mean, I don't know how to put it any other way than that. Uh, turnstile would be a compliment for this guy because at least with a turnstile, you have to hit the bar, right? The bar hits you in the waist, so there's at least a little bit of drag there. <sighs> I just, uh, I just, I just can't necessarily get it. I don't understand what is particularly going on uh new york ap in a 716 coming in with a super chat if dion isn't healthy i will not put josh in not bobby hart hate but how is he still there that's what it's going to come down to i don't know how much we're going to see a josh allen at all in this preseason there's a lot of thank you for the super chat uh nyap and also thank you for being a part of the show appreciate you bro uh welcome to everybody that's in the uh in the in the chat right now steven campione ali's in the chat daniel gowers is in the chat mr diggs robbie's in the chat eb i think i saw brian bowers a whole bunch of people up in here i'm gonna miss somebody i know i saw richard rush uh but uh but yeah it's it's good to have all y'all back up in here with me uh so josh you know, a lot of the teams are doing this thing now where like they're not going to play their starting quarterbacks or a lot of the starting players. I don't think what do I want to say. I don't think that that's necessarily a problem for the Buffalo bills. Um, I think they could probably get away with not playing Josh Allen in this preseason based off of what I saw at the red and blue scrimmage. Josh Allen went out there and had his way with that defense. And basically we've heard reports as well that that's exactly what it's been like this whole entire training camp and like up till now would I regret not giving him a series of live action play against a real defense. If they come out and they maybe come out a little bit soft. Yes, I would probably regret that. However, at this point in time with what's going on with Deion Dawkins, uh, let's be honest, uh, Spencer Brown uh, did okay in some spots, primarily in run, but he did not do great in pass protection. I don't know that I'm I don't know that I'm trucking Josh Allen out there until Dion's a little bit healthy or a little bit healthier. And Dion is another story. If you were just on with Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot, they were talking about Dion Dawkins, uh coach, 
actually said today that he's not ready. He's day-to-day, uh, and he's got some work to do, some catching up to do to kind of get into game shape. We don't know at this point in time if it's adverse effects from COVID. I would probably think that that's probably what's happened, and then obviously it's you know it's kind of slowed him down. I had COVID. I had COVID. Uh, actually, I had COVID during the Ravens game, and I can tell you that fatigue thing, that exhaustion thing, is legit. It's real. I didn't even have a bad case of COVID. The the case I had, I was blessed, and so was my wife when we got it. Uh, I actually got it from her. Uh, we were very, very blessed to not have bad symptoms. I know there's a lot of people that it doesn't go that way for them, but I can tell you this, the, the, the fatigue piece is real. Even with the symptoms that we had, which were very mild, the fatigue piece was real. So, you know, just uh, keep Dion in your prayers. I'm sure he'll get up to speed. The trainers will get him on fluids and he'll have access to medicines and things like that that we don't have access to. But uh, to your point, I would not truck him out there yet either. Richard Rush in with the Super Chat. Bobby Hart isn't isn't this year's. <laughs> are, you, are you saying he's not this year's uh, Brian Winters? I hope not. I mean, I can't imagine that they're going to keep this guy on the football team. Uh, he's a camp body for sure. I, my guess is, is Dion's inavailability is kind of what's, you know, and Bobby Hart's availability is what's possibly keeping him on this football team. But these are the guys that they cut. They cut Markel Harrell, who's an offensive lineman. They cut three offensive linemen today. Caleb, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Benenanak. They kept uh, Cyrus Tutele. Like these names, it's almost like they went through the list. It was like, who are the hardest names to pronounce? Let's just get rid of those guys. Defensive lineman Eli Anku. I, yeah, I can't. That, that one's tough for me too. And then the easy one, linebacker Mike Bell, which was there's some confusion over that Mike Love got cut. Mike Love did not get cut. Mike Bell got cut. Uh, preseason notes, though. Let's move on to now that we've kind of talked about just that. And again, if you've got super chats, you guys can get them in. We're just going to pretty much be talking about the preseason game and how I felt. I went to this game. Or I'm sorry, I watched this game. I did not go to this game. I, I watched this game on my couch on Friday night, just like probably all of you. And I I took it in as a fan. I, I, lit I literally, just like I did the practice, I, I, I didn't want to take it in and take a bunch of notes and do what I do for a normal Sunday game in prep for this show because I wasn't going live post game. Bruce Nolan did, and he crushed it. Bruce did it an absolutely great post game so sh mad shout and mad claps to to Bruce Nolan who went solo live post game after the Bills game on Friday night but uh how did that game make you feel and by that i guess what i want to ask is is it different now knowing that the bills are legit super bowl contenders when you're watching preseason i re i remember going back to i've always had a, a distinct interest in preseason football immediately when the bills started not being great. So I remember never being interested in preseason football when the bills were super, super good. I went to one game every single year. This actually goes back to the Josh Allen thing. Uh, there's, there was some confusion on one of the shows that I was watching that Jim Kelly and like that starting group never played the preseason. That's absolutely not true. They literally played in the fourth preseason game every single year. They got one series and they would march down the field, score a touchdown and in like a minute and a half and then they were done for the rest of the game. I remember not necessarily caring about preseason and narratives back then, and I don't think it was necessarily because of my age or social media or the way that we receive or can ingest content now. But when the bills started getting bad or when, when things started kind of going sideways, I remember specifically around Drew Bledsoe. When Drew Bledsoe got here, I really started to pay, in, pay attention and clue in to the preseason. And I remember watching it, hopeful that we would find a gem. Like, is there a diamond in the rough in this group? Is there somebody that's going to jump out? Is 
the rookie that we drafted, is he going to like excel? You know, whether it's, you know, Marshawn Lynch back in the day or, you know, you just pick a guy. Um, but my question is, is, is it different now knowing that the Bills are Super Bowl contenders, legit Super Bowl contenders? Did it change the way you watched the football game? Because it did for me. And interestingly enough, all of those years, I would watch the early parts of the game and then I would generally turn it off. And I found myself on Friday, I watched the whole football game. I watched it right up to the end. And it wasn't because it was necessarily intriguing or there was a lot of drama going on. I was genuinely interested to kind of see because there's there's such a fight, right? There's such a battle right now to make this football team. We're deep in a lot of positions with a lot of talent. It's arguable, and people have said, and I've said it as well, and where you feel about it, you know, is where you feel about it. But a lot of us believe that there's going to be plug-and-play starters on this football team that are going to get cut. There's guys on this roster that are going to get cut that are going to go start for other football teams around the NFL. That's incredible when you think about it. Absolutely incredible. So did it change? Did it, them being contenders, does it change the way you feel? It it does for me. There's a different type of anticipation. There's a different type of excitement to get the season here already, right? And that kind of, I mean, I always, I've talked about it on the show about wishing my summers away in expectation, anticipation for the season starting. It's just different this year. The expectations that I have are just totally, totally different. But in this football game that we got on Friday, we'll talk about it for a couple minutes. Uh, 15 starters. There were actually 15 starters from this football team from this football team that did not play. Uh, real quick stats. I want to go over some stats real quick, uh, just because I, I haven't heard anybody else talk to them, and I really didn't look them up until today. Davis Webb passing had 90 yards passing. Uh, Jake Fromm had 65. Most of it came on that one big play. Mitch Trubisky was one of two for 10 yards. Devin Singletary, eight for 42, 5.2 yard average rushing the football. Matt Breida, 10 carries for 27 yards, a 2.7 average per carry. Davis Webb, two rushes for 26 yards, 13, uh, 13 per carry. Antonio Williams was seven for 15, 2.1 <laughs> per carry. And some of you that have been on Twitter know how I feel about Breida and Williams, and I'll get to that in a second. Don't overreact on me. I said that it was just preseason, first game preseason notes, so we'll talk about it. Reggie Gilliam had two uh, rushes for four yards. One, one came on a first down. Marcus Stevenson was three for 50, again, on a big pass. Tommy Sweeney, two for 34. Matt Breda, two for 15. Brandon Powell, three for 14. I'm not going to go through all these. Isaiah Hodgins, one for 13. Dawson Knox, one for 10. The, the big thing here for me is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. There was 12 different receiving targets on this football team in a preseason game on Friday night, which to me is like incredible, like incredible. But let's talk about quarterback one from that night. Quarterback one, Mitch Trubisky. It's pretty clear, despite what they said on the local news, and for those of you that did not catch it, Channel 2 here in Buffalo uh, started their sports time, their recap time uh, about this football game by saying that Mitch Trubisky was scared to throw the football. <laughs> that he, uh, I can't remember how many snaps, despite playing a lot in the first half, they said, he only threw the ball twice and looked scared to throw the football because he handed it off so much, which is unbelievable. Um, anybody that watches football would see that he was just running the plays that were called for him. Uh, and on top of that, 
he didn't check out of any plays. So it's not like he got up to the line, had a call, like had a play call called and then checked at the line and then handed the ball off. Clearly, they were trying to put the run game on film. The Buffalo Bills are, are doing another one of those, in my opinion, deep dives, and they're trying to discover what is going to work for them from a, from a run game standpoint. Now, you can look at Devin Singletary's numbers. You, you can assess at five point, whatever that was, 5.2, 5.4, that, hey, there's some good stuff going on in the run game here. However, you could also assess from Matt Breida and Antonio Williams, 2.7 and 2.2 or whatever it was, maybe we got some work to do. Now, I know that those are different starters and not and the entire line of starters were not on the football field. Again, 15 starters, mostly from the defense, did not play in that football game. Or maybe, I'm sorry, they mostly from the offense. Uh, but uh, it's clear that they were trying to put the run game on film. They're trying to they're trying to do some situational stuff. McDermott went into this game saying that they were going to like work situations and they were going to see how situ situations fell because it's harder it's hard to create those situations in practice and even when you do create them they're somewhat fabricated. You're not playing against live bodies. You don't know what the defensive coordinator on the other side is necessarily going to do. Uh, they obviously know they can pass the football. They obviously want to put the stuff on tape as far as that goes. So that's what they did. So I don't think it's a there's no reason at this point to get nervous about Mitch, Mitch Trubisky and that 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 news broadcast is just a little bit. I don't, I don't know what the point of it was. It, I, I recorded it on my phone. If you want to see it, DM me on Twitter and I'll throw it out there for you and you guys can check it out. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, T716 with a super chat. I think the game game plan was to run the ball. And Joe, it's T. Oh, T Estelle, what's up? Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you being a part of the show. It, it literally was at least early in the early going. It was to run the football. That was the plan. Uh, but overall, if we're, if we're going to talk about the run game just for a second, just just for a second, I loved, loved the energy that we got from Devin Singletary. Absolutely loved. He looked like the Devin Singletary from 2019. Did he not? Anybody disagree with that? That he did not look like the Devin Singletary? He just, he looked, he the motor was the, the motor was was working like the motor was on right he just looked good in that football game now obviously Zach Moss is is uh, nursing a little bit of an injury I'm sure he's going to be fine I'm sure they probably if more than likely he probably could have played if it was a real football game but I was pleased with what I saw from Devin the question we want to ask ourselves <coughs> is are they showcasing Devin Singletary is there room on this bench for the amount of running backs we have, and do they like some of the other ones and some of the pieces and parts? Because we know that Devin has found himself in the doghouse more than once with this coaching staff. I just don't know. I don't have the answer. But I love the energy that Devin Singletary showed us, the quickness, uh, the vision that he had. He just looked great. Uh, when it comes to the other two running backs, I said on Twitter, again, I prefaced it with, after one preseason game, like these are just some notes that I have. It doesn't mean anything because this game doesn't mean anything. I was keeping Antonio Williams over Matt Breida, and a lot of people pushed back on me over that, and it wasn't an overreaction. I had what I would consider valid reasons. My reasons are literally, if you're going to give me a running back, regardless of skill set, right, and one of them is going to get you 2.7 yards a carry, and one of them is going to get you 2.4 yards per carry, or 2.2. Give me the guy that is attacking the, the, the defensive line. Give me the guy that every time he touches the football is attacking and running downhill 
which is what we saw from Antonio Williams. Breida just didn't look like he either had a good concept of what the offense was trying to do. I know the offensive line in front of him wasn't great, but it wasn't for Antonio Williams either. But it also looked like he was just unsettled a little bit, and he was running a little bit left and right versus north and south. He wasn't finding his gap and hitting it. At this point in time, it's probably a crapshoot. I don't even know what to tell you as far as where you land or how you should land or how you should necessarily feel about that running back room outside of Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. My fears are that we're going to get a lot similar or a lot of what we had last year in 2020. My hopes are we're going to get what we got in 2019 out of Devin Singletary, which we saw a little bit in that first preseason game. At this point in time, we really don't know what we have. We're going to find out soon enough. And my, I'll be honest with you again when I say this. Not that I would ever lie to you, but I keep saying I'm, I'll be honest with you. Don't ask me why. I wouldn't mind if they showcase the run game through most of the preseason. Just keep running the football. Like, that's the time to get better at it. Put those guys out there. Get those guys healthy. Get the front guys, the fat guys healthy. Get them out there and, and find out what works for Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, and whoever's going to fill out the bench behind them. Because, frankly... They've got, they've said it a hundred times. We've all heard it. The content creators have all said it. They've got to get more efficient, not run the ball more. They need to be more efficient. Now, Devin Singletary showed on Friday night that he can be more efficient. Although I did see a stat and I don't remember who it was from. It's going to rack my brain. Somebody put a stat on Twitter that Devin Singletary, I think from weeks nine to week 17, actually averaged more than five yards per carry. So that might just be who that guy is. He just might be that guy, right? He just might be that guy. But at this point in time, I don't know that we've seen it. Now, things could change. The entire landscape could change. By the Packers game on the 28th, literally Zach Moss could be in the game and losing his mind and just eating yards in chunks. And Singletary could fall off and Breida could look like the number two back and just have a super good grasp on his offense know where the cutback lanes are, be using his speed to like to burn people and hurt people. And Antonio Williams could fall off. It could, I mean, right now it's a little bit of a shuffle, right? I don't know that we've got a super good handle. It's all guesswork, I guess is what I'm trying to say at this point. It's all guesswork. At the end of the day, they've got to become more efficient. They've got to know what they've got. They've got to figure this out. And the best way to do that is in these football games. So if that means that Mitch Trubisky is scared to throw the football game, the football, then so be it. Keep running it. Just keep running the football, and let's find out what we got. But my thoughts on Mitch, I thought he looked fine. The two passes he threw were two passes he threw. I'll be interested to see him kind of open it up if they give him a chance. I don't know that they're going to. Clearly, the conversation of the day in, as it pertains to quarterbacks were Davis Webb and a little bit of Jake Fromm. Davis Webb, <laughs> if I may, wearing that number seven. Does Davis Webb, the man with two last names, does Davis Webb look, is it me or does he look like if, if Josh Allen and J.P. Lossman had a baby, wouldn't it be Davis Webb? And I mean that like in every form you could imagine. He's wearing number seven. Lossman wore seven. Josh Allen wore 17. He's tall. Josh Allen is tall. He's got kind of a skinny, wiry frame like J.P. Lossman. He had kind of that skinny face with the like raggedy beard like Lossman and Allen both had. If J.P. Lossman and, and Josh Allen had a baby, it would be Davis Webb. And when you watched him play, he had a lot of energy. He looked like a guy that hasn't played a lot of professional football. He looked like things were going really fast. He wasn't necessarily settled. But by and large, he was effective, especially when he took off. 
when he took off and ran, he was incredibly effective. If I had to pick a guy right now that I feel like would be a growth prospect or somebody developmental that could be a backup to Josh Allen that has a similar playing style that's not named Mitch Trubisky because Mitch isn't going to be around here for a long time, it might be that guy. And you guys know where I stand on getting to know about Jake Fromm more. Like, literally, I want to know what we've got in this kid. But Davis Webb, I thought, played well in that football game. Jake Fromm, man, it was hard to tell, right? Oh, I do want to say this. I want to back up to uh, Davis Webb real quick. That pass that he threw the Singletary was perfect. That pass for the touchdown and Singletary, the way that he just kind of curled out and then reached back, grabbed it, and just like walked into the end zone. It was a, it was a, we've seen that play before, but it was executed perfectly. Now, Jake Fromm, the man of the hour <laughs> or, the, or the three hours was Bobby Hart. It was really, really, really difficult to get a handle on what Jake Fromm was capable of in that football game. Because literally there was almost like there was not a left tackle on the football field. And I know that there's been a lot of comments and a lot of conversations about Jake Fromm just from content creators and Bill's Mafia and blah, 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 blah. And it's easy to find to think a guy is a cast off when you've got a guy like, you know, you got a $300 million quarterback in Josh Allen, $300 million over eight years, just signed $258 million contract. But you're talking about a kid that hasn't played football in a year has never played professional football in his life. That was the first professional snap he'd ever gotten or snaps he'd ever gotten. And basically he had the rush in his face the whole, the whole, the whole time. It was, it was just, and for him to complete that pass in, in kind of that waning moment on that third down to, to Marcus Stevenson said something that was, that was great. He also, it was, it was pretty obvious that he liked that, that short outbreaking route to his right. He threw that ball and completed it like four times. I was like, bro, are there any other routes on this? He, he kind of got zoned in. I have a feeling. Have you ever played, have you ever played sports in like the first game and it feels like you've got tunnel vision. Same thing happens when you're on stage. So when you're on stage for the first time, you're not used to doing public speaking or something like that. You get like this tunnel vision and like it, you lose some of your cognitive abilities when it comes to uh, just just certain things and your ability to kind of for free thought, it just, you get really, it's just nerves, right? That's what it kind of felt like. It, it seemed like he kind of found what he liked and was sticking with it. But then when he hit that big pass to Marcus Stevenson, that was big for him and for Stevenson. Like don't, don't underestimate how big that was for both of them. Cause it was, but uh, I liked what I saw from Davis Webb. I didn't mind what I saw from Mitch Trubisky. Obviously they were asking him to hand the football off. And then, as far as uh, Jake Fromm goes, I give the I give the I give the dude credit. In my opinion, he had every right to sit there in that post game presser with a big smile on his face, because he was the man of the day. He threw the pass that got him down the field, like to kick the, the game winning field goal. But uh, yeah, don't underestimate necessarily kind of what he was going through. Defense. Let's move to the defense. Man, if we can just if we can just get. If we can get 2019 Devin Singletary back and we can get 2019 defense back and we get to keep 2020 Josh Allen, do that that Super Bowl, that the Lombardi's coming to Buffalo, y'all. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you now. I loved the energy from that defense. And that does not, by any stretch of the means, am I saying that that defense was perfect or that somehow they were great because they definitely were not great. It wasn't a situation where like, Man, they played real. They, they, there were some, there were some streaks in that game where they got back into their proverbial bend but don't break, keep them between the twenties, give up chunks as long as they don't score touchdowns. And I know that by design, 
That's kind of where they live. But it looked like there were some other issues too. But when it comes to certain players, so let's take Greg Rousseau, for instance. You know, he got his first sack. Everything that you want to see from a first-round pick, especially a defensive end, a sack is one of them, right? That's what you want to see. A first-round pick and a quarterback, you want to see him throw touchdowns in preseason. First-round wide receiver, you want to see him catch balls, score touchdowns. First-round running back, same thing. You know, first-round left tackle, you want to see him pancake guys. That kid the way that he was using his leverage and his length specifically in pass protection. Now he didn't fare as well in the run game, but his pass protection was great. The way that he was, there's a picture out there and I don't have it. I wish I'd have thrown it up here for you where you can see that he's got his arm extended and he's reaching into the chest of the, of the tackle in front of him. And the tackle is just basically, you know, doing what we always did with our dad with our, you know, when he would grab the top of our head and kind of keep us away and our arms would just swing. Like the dude couldn't even get a hold of him because Groot's arm, his arm length was so long. It was incredible. I love the energy. I love the energy from, from that defense, from, from Greg Rousseau. I love the energy from Obata. I love the energy from Epinesa. I love it. Basham, I wish I could have gotten to see. I didn't get to see a whole lot of Basham. I heard some conversation post-game that he didn't really have a great game. I don't know. He was kind of buried in there. Um, it was weird for me to see Basham and Obata in the game still like late in the fourth quarter. I know that there's some depth challenges, but Daryl Williams looked really good. That defense just looked good. The, the, the secondary looked good. I thought Levi Wallace had himself a decent game. I was just very pleased with the energy overall in that football game. And one of the surprises to me, um, did I miss a super chat? Nope, it just came up. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, Vlad Oshar with the super with the super sticker, uh, number one fan. Appreciate the super of uh, the the chat there. And Vlad, if you've got a question, feel free to throw that up or a comment. I'll uh, I'll read it anyway. I don't know if you meant to do the super sticker or not, but uh, appreciate you. Um, and then we'll get to some questions because I'm almost done with my notes, but uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, Andre Andre Smith. Sorry about that. Um, so Andre Smith, I thought had himself a, a really good game. Uh, he had, obviously, that interception taken away from him, which was unfortunate. Matikiewicz. This Matikiewicz kid can play football. And I know that he was in a 3-4 defense in Pittsburgh. I know that he's a special teams ace. And I know that in the past, he had not fared well as a linebacker in the 3-4. But this kid in a 4-3 can play. If you remember that Miami Dolphins game, last game of the season, he showed up in the second half and showed out. And he did at the red, red and, uh, the red and blue game. He had an interception in that game, a great interception in that game. And he played well in this football game, football game too. To me, to be honest with you, I like this kid almost to the point that if something were to happen to Milano or potentially Edmonds, I don't know that I would shudder if they're putting this kid in. I don't, I'm not saying that I would oh stick Matikavich in there. That's not what I'm saying. Like make him number two. I'm not saying that, but I don't think that like the drop off is far. I think Andre Smith did himself a lot of good in that football game. A lot of good. But let's do this. Let's jump over to the comment section for the last couple of minutes of the show. I'm gonna let you guys out of here early tonight as I'm out of water. Anyway, um, if you've got any questions, any comments, I'm going to, I'm going to search through this stuff real quick and see what's here. But if you've got anything that you want to ask me, feel free to go ahead and do so. That would be great, but uh, it's good to see all you guys. in your, uh, Yeah. Wild goose. So uh, I am Zach J said, wild goose struggled as much as anyone in that game. And he did. Wild Goose looked like he was not ready for prime time, not ready for the NFL, uh, which is unfortunate, but unfortunate, but it kind of is what it is. Uh, Stevenson, uh, so Tony, the Chevy guy, says that uh, Stevenson makes the roster. We will never get him to the practice squad. What's interesting about that comment is I would not have agreed with you on like before Friday. 
However, I think what helped him was his kickoff returns. Because if we think about what the Bills have done traditionally in the past with Andre Roberts is they had a kickoff specialist and a punt return specialist in one. Most teams do not do that. Most teams have a kickoff returner and they've got a punt returner. If there's a team out there looking for a kickoff specialist, a guy that can do it, that Stevenson showed that he can return kicks, that he can return kicks pretty well. And he's going to get more. It'll be interesting to see how the Bills play it. What the Bills do if they start giving Brandon Powell or some of these other guys to kind of hide Stevenson's abilities if they want to try to sneak him to the practice squad with that wide receiver room being so deep. Um, it'll just be, I'm not, and again, this is just one preseason game thoughts. I'm not saying that this is the truth. I'm not saying that this is what it's going to be. I'm just saying that, you know, from what we saw on Friday, these are kind of where my, I'm kind of landing on that stuff. But uh, Tony, thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, yes. Uh, AK cash says he really liked Ford's game and Terrell Dotson played good too. Yeah. Ford had himself a game. Uh, Cody Ford did everything that we're looking for him to do uh, as it pertains to what we need him to become in his progression and kind of coming off of injury. So, yes, I thought Cody Ford played really, really well. Uh, uh, Mr. Diggs, waiver talk. How can, he, how, can he be, how can he be protected from waivers? Did I misspeak? I meant from if he not protected from waivers, if he gets put in the practice squad. If he gets put in the practice squad, somebody can sign him to their active roster. So I don't know if you're speaking to me there, Mr. Diggs, or not. So if I misspoke, I apologize, everybody. Uh, Daniel Gower says, Stevenson would make it to the practice squad, in my opinion. Only about one in 50, one out of every 50 cut players get picked up uh, to a team's roster. This is true. What you're looking for and what you want to do is you want to look out there and see who is in need of a kick returner because that's what this dude kind of specializes in. He's a burner, but he also can return kicks. So that's the question. Can he return kicks? Uh, Brian Bauer says the game plan did touchdown Jesus no favors by running the ball over and over again as well. That's true. So Kumaro, <laughs> Kumaro was silent in that football game. Isaiah Hodgins had one catch and got hurt on that catch. Uh, I don't necessarily know what is going on with Isaiah. However, you know, obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to him that he's okay. But uh, Isaiah did get hurt after having one catch. Good catch, good route, good catch. And then, uh, yeah, Jake Kumaro did not, uh, did not even... Didn't, they didn't throw the ball to anybody really in that football game. So at, at least when uh, Kumaro was out there. Chris Janke, the real Chris Janke. Joe, do you think Harrison Phillips strengthened his case to make the roster? I'm going to be honest. Again, for the 15th time tonight. I don't know what to make of that depth chart that came out. I'm going to say that again. I don't know what to make of that depth chart that came out. Because for me, I don't understand how... Vernon Butler is ahead of Harrison Phillips on the depth chart. From what I watched last year from Vernon Butler and what we've seen from him in the past, I don't see, I don't, I don't see a, a remarkably, a, mar, a markedly better player than Harrison Phillips. Not to mention Harrison Phillips has age, and Harrison Phillips was coming on. He was flashing before he got hurt in that Bengals game in 2019. <laughs> I would prefer to see Harrison Phillips make this roster over Vernon Butler. Do I think he strengthened his case? Yes. I thought Harrison Phillips played well. I thought he played well. But that's just me. And obviously, I'm not a coach. I'm not a GM. You know, I don't I don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Bold take from AK Cash. I could see Ford and Butker being the starters early in the season. I don't think Mongo is going to lose his, his spot. I just don't. I just don't see Mongo losing his spot. He could. I think Bakker is a guy they like. Throat is dry. 
I think Bucker's a guy they like, but I don't think that he's ready for prime time the way that Feliciano is yet. Who knows by the as the season goes on and whatnot if it if it could change, but at this point in time, you know, we just don't know. Jason Taylor says it looks like Ryan, uh, Ryan Bates may be our backup center, or did he just play because most of the starters didn't? Well, he played because most of the starters didn't. He is the backup center, uh, but the Bills have done a very good job of kind of like crossing over and keeping a lot of guys that can play a lot of positions. So Ryan Bates can play every position on the offensive line, which I'd like to see, by the way, <laughs> before we just crown him and anoint him that guy. We obviously know Feliciano can play guard, uh, but yeah, or can play center as well. But there's a lot of guys that can kind of move around. But yes, Bates is the backup center at this point in time. Who knows what's going to happen on cutdown day? It depends on how they feel about guys like Spencer Brown and how they feel about guys like Doyle, how they feel about guys like Forrest Lamp, who basically, I don't even know that I heard Forrest Lamp's name called uh, in that football game. But uh, but yeah, so I want to do this real quick. Uh, I want to give you guys some information. So show schedule. I talked to you earlier in the show about uh, doing me a favor and subscribing to the YouTube channel for the Buffalo Rumblings and clicking the alarm button, the little bell button, so you get alerts that it alerts you. It doesn't like buzz up, buzz on your phone or anything. It just in your YouTube tells you that uh, something's coming up. But uh, we have an awesome, incredible lineup for you guys coming this season from Buffalo Rumblings. So on Saturday, so we'll start the week at Saturday because that's when all the pregame stuff starts. So my show, and I've got a picture here for it, my show, The Bills Mafia Time to Shine, is going to be live every single Saturday, more than likely around 8 o'clock. It'll either be at 8 o'clock or 10 o'clock. I'll tell you why in a second. What I'm going to do in this show, this is a branch off of my pre uh, my pregame shows last year where I basically took uh, recorded calls from you guys and read them on my podcast. This time, you guys are going to come on live with me. I'm going to put the link out for this program that we're using to stream live that, to invite guests, and I'm going to put it out on Twitter. I'm going to put it out on Facebook. And you guys can stack the green room, and whoever we get to, we get to. And you're going to get to be live with me uh, for a pregame. You're going to give me your takes. You're going to give me your predictions. You're going to tell me what you think is how the game's going to go, who's going to go off, Josh Allen stat lines, all that good stuff. Uh, that's coming up. Uh, after that show is the chop-up with Jay Spence, the king. And he's got special guests, Sterling Furrow, Kristen Kimmick, and I can't remember who the fourth host is. So that's Saturday. So Saturday, two pregame shows stacked back-to-back -back from Buffalo Rumbling. Sunday. You already know what's up on Sunday. Sunday is my show. Post games, 9 o'clock, uh, the overreaction show. I got to change that graphic, maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. I don't know if I like the overreaction show. It sounds. It's hard to say it. Overreaction podcast just kind of comes off the tongue a little bit better. But uh, Sunday nights. Monday nights. I will be here live, 9 o'clock, Monday nights. Monday nights with the off tackle with John Fina show. So be uh, make sure that you put that in your calendars to be here. So what we want you to do, I know that Monday night football game is on Sunday night football game is on at nine o'clock, but you're going to, you're going to grab your laptop or your phone. You're going to mute the game because we don't necessarily care about the Rams playing whoever the Rams are playing, but uh, mute the game. Listen to me, you know, join me here. Same thing on Monday, uh, grab your laptop, grab your phone, you know, put the show on and then uh, just mute your television in the background. We'll be on for about 45 minutes to an hour off tackle with John Fina on Monday nights. The code of conduct is moving to Tuesday nights at nine o'clock. And then Wednesday, as you know, will always be the hump day hotline with my spell, myself and Jay Spence, the King. And then lastly, right now, the last show we have to round out the entire week is Fridays. It's already, they've already had two episodes Food for Thought with uh, Bruce Nolan and my man, Nate Geary. So that's what Buffalo Rumblings has coming to you guys this season. 
So make sure you subscribe, that you like, make sure you click the alert button and be a part of everything that we've got going on here because it's a lot. It's going to be great uh, and it's going to be super, super fun and you're not going to want to miss it. When it comes to content and it comes to quality content, I'm really, really excited about the lineup that we have. The lineup that we have is absolutely fantastic. I, I, I would put it up against probably any other lineup in any other market in the NFL, not, not necessarily just build the bills market. Like we got some quality, quality content coming up this season uh, for you guys. But ladies and gentlemen, you have been watching and listening to the overreaction show brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo rumblings podcast, multicast network. I'm your host, Joe Miller, the voice of the overreaction show. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter as always at Joe Miller wired. Appreciate you guys being with me. We're going to cut you guys loose tonight a little bit early, but uh, as always, man, I just love you guys. I just appreciate the, the appreciate you being a part of the, the chat. I appreciate you guys being a part of this, and I just have so much excitement and, and anticipation for what's coming up for this season. So I can't wait to go through all of this guys with this this season with you guys. It's going to be it's going to be. I, I'm taking back. I'm literally just one more thing. I'm taking back to uh, the wrap up show that I did last year after the season ended. I think I don't know if I did it here, if I did it on the Hump Day Hotline, but I did that wrap up show where I brought a bunch of I brought Chris Janke on. I think I brought Brian Bowers on and uh, some some of the other guys. I brought Matt Montgomery on and like just you guys talked about what the season meant to you. I'm already excited to do that show at the end of this season, if that makes any sense, because I think this season is going to be unbelievable. But with that. I love you guys. We'll talk to you next time. We'll see you on Wednesday for the Humpty Hotline, but we'll see you next time. Go Bills.